Welcome to LabCast. This is a podcast brought to you by MedLab Congo. It's a podcast where we discuss every and anything medical laboratory science. Stay tuned bi-weekly on all podcast streaming platforms and do well to subscribe. Follow us on all social media pages at MedLab Congo. Enjoy the episode. Pivotal point in my academic journey as an undergraduate has to be checking my first year results in 2018. I remember that day like yesterday and how it had influenced my study habits thereafter. I just knew I had to do better, go hard or go home, like they would say. Academic excellence is a familiar term to some students, yet, a strange, abstract, and unrelatable term to some others. But in all, what is it? That is, what is academic excellence? On what factors does it depend? Is it obtainable? Is it even worth the trouble? I am Mesoma, and with me are my co-hosts, Oluwa Muiwa and Abdul Basit. In this episode of LabCast, we will be interviewing three guests who have shown great excellence and resilience during their undergraduate study period and beyond. Dear listener, who knows, this episode might be as pivotal to your academic journey as today I referenced earlier. Anyway, I'm particularly excited about this episode because the guests we have today are experienced and by the time they are done with their introduction, you will understand why they are the perfect guests for this episode. For instance, one of our guests here, Kansi Moka, recently made runs on the internet for being the best graduating student of full state in her school. MLS Ashokbon Ayoyinka here also is a first class graduate and the best graduating student of hematology of her state from the University of Lagos. She was also the second best overall graduating student in medical lab science in that school. She was also on the Dean's Honor List. I mean, Mr. Charles Okafor, who by the way is one of my motivations in this academic excellence thing, just finished his master's at the University of Chester, United Kingdom, where the University of Chester's Vice Chancellor Scholarship. He was also the best graduating student of his set at the University of Nigeria in Soka. If I keep going on, I will get too excited. So I think I'll just allow our amiable guests to introduce themselves the way they deem fit. So over to the guests, would like to have your introduction so that our listeners can get a feel of who they would be learning from. Mr. Charles, I would like you to go first. Yeah, I'm by name Charles Arinze Okafo. I graduated from the Department of uh, Medical Laboratory Science, University of Nigeria, Enugu Campus, in 2013. By God's grace, I was the best graduating student of my set, as well as the best graduating student of the faculty that year. And um, in 2021, I finished my MSc in the Department of Medical Laboratory Science, University of Nigeria, Enugu Campus, under the specialty of uh, clinical chemistry with a distinction. And that same year, God gave me a scholarship in University of Chester, known as University of Chester's Vice Chancellor Scholarship. So I migrated to University of Chester in 2021 for a second MSc in biotechnology. Since I graduated 
2022. I'm also by Gross Grace, HCPC registered biomedical scientist. They have a license to practice biomedical science in the UK. I'm currently practicing as a biomedical scientist with East Kent University Hospitals NHS Foundation Trust in Kent. And also wow. a PhD student soon in the University of Chester. I think this is a little bit of uh, wow. my bio. Wow, well, that's a really impressive one. Thank you, sir. All right. MLS, come see. Please, you go next, and then MLS, Inka, next. Okay. Good evening, everybody. So, I just finished listening to Mr. Chow's introduction, and <laughs> I'm so unworthy to introduce myself right now. <laughs> but anyway, my name is Hamsi, and I'm so glad to be here amongst this wonderful people <laughs> with great profiles. So I am Mokka Kamsi Olivia. My first name is actually Olivia, but I prefer to go with Kamsi. I recently graduated. Oh, I did not recently graduate. So my graduation year is very complicated. I was supposed to have graduated in 2020. Then I finished my exams in 2021. I got inducted in 2022. And then I got, I um, had my convocation in 2023. So I don't know which exactly is my year of graduation, but then on the paper, it says 2022. So <laughs> let me say, I recently graduated from the University of Calabar, and I graduated student <laughs> in the Department of Medical Lab Science. My bias is clinical chemistry and immunology. Then recently, I also graduated as the overall best graduate student in my university. So I'm currently an intern. I'm rounding up my internship program with the University of Calabar Teaching Hospital this month. So yeah, that's pretty much who I am <laughs> in summary. Hmm. Well, it sounds you hit some of the information from us because I know what I saw on the internet. I know there were more awards. There were more awards, <laughs> but no problem. No, we'd really like you to list some of the awards, some of them, because there were a lot. So the ones you can remember. Okay, so for um, my induction, I got about nine awards. I got the previous award. I got some individual awards. Then I got the faculty award. I also got the mental award that's my induction then for my convocation i got the chancellor's prize the pro chancellor's prize the vice chancellor's prize and some other individual awards yeah so <laughs> that's it in summary mls dinka please just have your introduction okay hi everyone good evening my name is ashoboy inka i was feeling the same way kamsi was feeling when i heard uh, Mr. Okafor's bio. I'm the set of 2020, but I finished, I did my induction in 2022, and I graduated the best graduate student in hematology and blood serology units, but the second best graduate student overall in MLS, yes, in 2022. Um, I got the Dean's Award for um, one of the best graduating students that's in the College of Medicine. But under Unilag, I got the Vice Chancellor's Award. 
for being part of first class students in 2020. That's during my convocation. Um, yes, I think that's it. Okay, now that we're done with the introduction, we'll dive right into the business of the day. So my first question would be, how do you define and measure academic excellence and what benchmarks do you set for yourself? For instance, to you, does high CGPA equal academic excellence? Let's get your opinion. Charles, I'd like you to go first. Uh, you know, this question is somehow to me personally because you know, someone will understand that uh, I have been her lecturer even before I left for the UK. And if I have returned to the UK, I will still remain her lecturer. So we calculate CGPA as a departmental exam office. I calculate CGPA. So it gives me uh, it gives me the idea of who is the best in a class or who is graduating with the first class or other things. But for me, academic excellence goes beyond a high CGPA. I will break them down. For me, academic excellence is all about uh, pursuing knowledge. When I was an undergraduate, I pursued knowledge. Currently, if I discuss anatomy with you, I think I read anatomy just last night, but the last time I read anatomy was in 20, 2010. And I will tell you that I read, not just to go and get an A, but first of all, I read to know. So in four things, I will say that academic excellence goes beyond a good CGPA in as much as a good CGPA also boots your academic excellence in the eyes of the lecturers and the school. But first thing I do is to first of all know a topic. When I'm done knowing a topic then the next thing I will do is to answer a question that will be true to me from that topic in whatever dimension then the last thing I'll do is how I write my exams in order to get the high CGPA. So the last in my pursuit of academic excellence is to go for a high CGPA. The first is to go for what? Knowledge. Because it helps me exceedingly even in my MSc in the UK, where they don't calculate CGPA per se, but they calculate what you can be able to deliver in terms of presentation of your assignments, and presentation of whatever topic they ask you to go for. So is knowledge first than a high CGPA. In as much as in our country, Nigeria, we always rate CGPA as someone who has a good academic excellence, which is why students will pay in cash or in cans in order to make A or B. But academic excellence goes beyond that. First is knowledge. If you call someone who is a first graduate student of any school, the person cannot be able to, without visiting his or her book again, explain the simplest topic in clinical biochemistry, then the person is a shame for the CGPA he or she is carrying. So it goes beyond a high CGPA, but embodies in itself mostly knowledge. And when that knowledge is embodied in the pursuit of excellence, you then begin to prepare for exam in a way to enable you have a high CGPA. So I think I will just leave it at this so that others can as well contribute. Thank you. Uh, thank you. That was well thought out. All right, let's get your opinions, MLS Kansi and MLS Inka. MLS Inka, please go first. Okay. Um, so 
actually i have similar views to what mr rokafo said as an undergraduate i had um classmates that were really about just passing the exam just getting the high gp and all and i won't lie for me getting the high gp was a concern too because i come from a family of very high achievers my brother graduated with a 4.9 in his undergraduate years but i noticed right from university that it wasn't just the high gp for me it was i needed to understand what i was reading yeah so when juniors came to me to explain something or to ask how i got my gp i was always like okay for me understanding the course you are taking now is more important for hematology for chemical pathology for you know the other units of mls it was always a goal to understand what my lecturer was teaching at each point in time i have not done my masters or phd yet i plan to do so but for me even as an undergraduate i needed to understand what was being taught so and and it was not always easy i won't lie um especially for a course like biostatistics yeah i remember when i was doing biostatistics i detest mathematics so i was like okay so how do i get how do i pass this course or how do i excel in this course when i cannot understand what the lecturer is teaching that was challenging for me but that was when i discovered that it wasn't just about my cgpa at that point yes that course actually knocked me down but that was when i realized like i said that it wasn't just about my cgpa it was that i needed to understand i needed to get what the lecturer was really passing across i needed to get the knowledge in this course in the other courses i was taking yeah so academic excellence for me is not just about cgpa as you know lofty as that sounds as good as the cgpa sounds it's not just about cgpa after the undergraduate course or after the master's course or after whatever course you are taking what value or what knowledge can you pass i still even though i have graduated even though it was recent i still tutor people in hematology yeah i still tutor people in microbiology and chemical pathology even after i have graduated so what what did you actually get from that course so that was it for me that's academic excellence for me emile scamsi would you like to add anything to that okay i think what has um um said something that to what i would also see so for me i feel like the cgpa you actually would if you would consider academic excellence and um, high cgpa academic excellence yeah i think to an extent i would describe um having a high cgpa as a measure as a measure in any academic institution or context because no matter how much knowledge you have inside um what people would first see is the results right so you'd also apply for scholarships people scholarships don't advertise so if you have the knowledge come let's let's get the knowledge and know what you have in your head so the the first have is standard and a standard is usually measured in your grades and all of that so you um having good grades and integral part of academic excellence but then it's not absolute so there are other things that would sum up being academically excellent so i feel and i would describe academic excellence as um 
a maximum development of one's intellectual capacities and also being able to apply that which um, you have gathered in effective service to humanity or in whatever applications you're um, you're making you're applying that knowledge into so yeah that's what i think academic excellence is wow interesting responses um well from what i get um, most of us are saying that it's more about how much you can hold up there and how much you can do with what you know but this academic thing you know because when you when we speak to our colleagues here and probably your own colleagues too a lot of people say that this academic thing is either you know it or you do not know it so i just wanted to ask do, do you think that um certain people are born book smart they just get to know about you know they're, they're very good at some people say some people have photographic memory and stuff like that or is it something that can be learned or developed like a muscle what's your opinion let me ask um scientists uh, what do you think okay um so for me i think that certain people are born book smarts i'm not going to lie and i'll give a good example there's this colleague of mine he was actually the best graduating student and you'd see him you'd see his nature i never maybe he read in his room yeah but he would always you know be very nonchalant and when he reads one day he'd get it yes but having said that i think that once you put your mind to something you could achieve it yes in my case i would like to say that i am smart i retain the memory of things that i read very easily but i've had courses that i had to put my mind to it i had to stay i had to persevere i had to discipline myself when i did not like it so um i'm in the midst of two people that graduated the um, clinical chemistry year not the clinical chemistry unit here but clinical chemistry wasn't my strong point it was hematology and microbiology and for courses that dealt with clinical chemistry i had to stay to read it for endocrinology or um, vitaminology i had to stay to read it because it was it came off as confusing to me but when i stayed the course when i put my mind to it and i disciplined myself i could even explain it better than people that you know probably like the course or something so yeah people are book smart people come up as book smart but i don't think that that's really a hedge above other people i feel like once you stay your mind once you keep yourself at it you'd honestly be at par or even more than the people who claim to be book smart so that's my opinion interesting um i was wondering mr charles do you, do you want to add a few things to what she said or do you have a contrary opinion I actually agreed absolutely with everything she said because some people are born book smart, but still it needs to an extent you to give in, putting in your best in some areas. I remember in my second year in undergraduate, one of my classmates made 5.0 in her second year first semester courses, and uh, I think I made around 4.3 or thereabouts, but I had some Bs and Cs. I was like, uh -uh was happening there is nothing that they asked us that i did not know how is this person then making it more than me and i told myself in second semester i'm making 5.0 and even in my third year and that's how i'm going to go so it made me to push for it like i said first getting the knowledge of everything every topic or every course that uh, we are being taught and secondly which is what i didn't do in that 
first semester or second year is to learn the pattern of how to answer exam questions. And as I can tell you, second year, second semester was 5.0 and third year, yeah. first semester and subsequently was close to that particular mark that I set for myself. So people are born book smarts, but when you look at it wow. and see that you are not looking up, you also expected the picture. Look around and see where is the looking hole and how can I keep it. Thank you. All right. So um, I think what what uh, what I've heard today kind of reminds me of something like I think there's a book that says something about being challenged, being overrated. I wonder how true that is, but um, I think one thing I can say is that it's also important for you to stay and be disciplined and put in the effort. Um, so yeah. Um, this has been a, a beautiful conversation so far. Um, Mr. Okafo, I would like to direct my next question to you. Um, being someone that uh, has really gone far in achieving this academic excellence, you know, from Nigeria to the UK and all. Um, what do you think are some of the top benefits and advantages of achieving this academic excellence? Benefit of achieving academic excellence. Yes. Okay, there there are quite many. There are quite many. Mr. Man will bear witness that uh, any I think in their class I talked to them when they crossed over from Musuka campus to any campus. I always admonish students to pursue excellence because yeah. it matters. It matters very well. Personally I graduated as best graduate student in my class, but not with a first class. I made 4.44 over 5. It was actually uh, depressing to me until I braced up and started pushing into what I want for my life, and that is why I am here. But I encourage most of my students to go for first class. And one of the advantages is scholarship. Currently, one of my students got PhD scholarship fully funded in USA. I think it's 2020 set. I won't mention his name because he said I shouldn't I should not make it public yet. But I remember when they released his results by our school senate, he made two one. But being the departmental academic uh, committee member, I knew he made first class and they made a, they must have made a mistake in calculating his GP. I went to exams and records at the verge of me traveling outside of the UK. I cancelled most of my engagement and went there and told the woman the mistake they made and how they made the mistake. The woman said, am I sure? I said, yes. They now checked and found out that they made a mistake somewhere. And they recorrected it and gave him first class. It took some time before school senior will approve it. But it was that first class that gave him the PhD scholarship he has now. Then one of my students, again, I think 2003, 19 is currently running MSc in the UK, Commonwealth Scholarship, and it's because he, she met first class. She was the best graduate student of her class. If you met someone, she remember Azalike Shalom. She's currently doing MSc in the UK. And even my MSc here, I had seven classmates of mine that are Commonwealth Scholars. All of them made first class from their different university in Nigeria. So one of the benefits is this having international opportunities having international opportunities you can't play with it so after having international opportunities the next thing that academic excellence gives you is that it makes you to stand out in the society when i discuss science in my family or with friends 
they will be so amazed at what I carry or even in the workplace. Because I went for knowledge. I remember the first job I got after my NYAC. Someone called me and said, are you a clinical chemistry or your microbiology or hematology? I said, I'm all. Because they employed me as a clinical chemistry, but in every aspect of med lab, I was giving them beyond what they expected because I read while in, in school to know these things and not just to go in and pass exam. And one of my classmates in MAC that I did in the UK, she made 4.9 something in her undergraduate level, but in our MAC in the UK, she was struggling because the pattern of study in Nigeria wasn't the same with that of UK, and she started struggling with her grades. And it was depressing her. I think currently she's doing another MSc in Italy because she felt the one she did in the UK isn't good enough for her. And that is to say that in as much as she missed her class in Nigeria, she came to another environment she could not be able to adapt considering the nature of things here. So it goes beyond that international opportunity, but also making you to stand out in the society and interact with learned minds in terms of that particular course you've read. I think I'll end it at this place so that others will contribute. But most importantly, international opportunity and making you to stand out. Because if they ask you anything in what you've read in undergraduate with your big first class and you cannot be able to interact with people intellectually, I think uh, you have even failed your university and failed your department. Thank you. Thank you so much, Mr. Charles, for that answer. Uh, Emily Tinka, what do you think is um, the, the benefits of uh, achieving academic excellence? Okay, so um, of the generation that, you know, says that school is scam, sorry, and I completely, totally discarded that notion when I entered university, mostly because of my parents, and I'm glad I did. So it has just been a year since I graduated and graduating as a first-class student has honestly opened doors for me in networking mostly. And I've had people come up to me and say that, okay, so I'm currently running my internship program, the MLS internship program, and I plan to go for my master's after my NYC or during. And I've had people come up to me and be like, oh, with your first class, you can go for your PhD streets, or you can go for an MSc, or this school is waiting for you, or something like that. So in my school, yes, in the University of Lagos, College of University of Lagos, um, a lecturer told me that, okay, if I want to, they would retain me as a lecturer. That's after my NYSC and after I do a master's as a lecturer they retain me and that's purely because i graduated as a first class so and academics is something i'm very interested in so that was that sounded really good to me um minus the people that have walked up to me to say that okay you can go for this you can go for that because of your first class so like mr okafo said the scholarships are bountiful before i started my internship my um, dad was already processing a scholarship for me. I had to be the one to tell him that, okay, um, I want to do this internship. And that was because of my first class also, the scholarship went through. Um, another thing is, I don't know if this is a valid point, but just the pride of it, just the um, 
you know it's it's actually a good thing to be honest it's a good thing yes to come out with that level of excellence it's not an easy feat so just the pride of it i know my mom goes around saying that so once i finished um university because i hadn't been home in a while once i went home everybody was calling me a first class student and i'm like how did you know and i'm sure it is my mom that told all of them so i'm not sure if this is a valid point but just the you know the grand worst of it is a good thing to be honest and i've had doors open up to me because just today the 13th of May, uh, may sorry may i stepped out and you know i stepped out with a friend and he introduced me to um some people as okay she graduated with the first class and because of that introduction i have gotten opportunities at, on that day to be honest so yes it comes with a lot of benefits i wouldn't be one to you know put it down and be like okay first class is nothing no i have benefited from graduating as a first class student thank you so much uh, malakinka and your point is valid malakinka what do you have to say about benefits of uh, academic excellence Okay, like the two speakers have said, I feel that a whole lot of benefits. Although getting first class doesn't guarantee that your life, you have made it in life. But then I feel like it gives you a good platform to start with. For example, in my school, I remember after I did as best in university, everybody kept saying, they would give you an automatic job, even if I have not heard anything about it so far from the school management. I believe that's supposed to be the norm, and it's left for me to decide if I'm interested in it or not. And then I know I have started um, applying for scholarships, and I know how well my CGP has placed me to fit into those criteria. And why? I am still on the journey to getting one. I have gotten some other mini scholarships and I know it would not have been possible if I did not graduate well. Then there's the pride comes with it. So graduating the first class boosts your self-esteem and you'll find out that wherever you go, there's always that confidence, not pride, but confidence in your abilities so for you that's a plus then there's also the pride that everybody around you everybody likes to identify with success so currently now in my school environment there's this i don't know i don't want to to say it's it's kind of like a celebrity feeling that i do not like because I'm not resting. So anyway, I, I go, somebody must identify me and I don't like it. But then the people like, like it and it's a good thing. It's an open doors for you. And I know how many persons my daddy has spoken to about, in fact, before I even graduated, my daddy has started ringing the bell. Oh, my daughter, this is just this, that, that, that. So there's this pride your family members and your friends have around you and everybody would like to identify with you why people may like it other people may not like it but it's it's still a good thing whether or not you like it so yeah i think those are the benefits all right thank you so much um, everyone for that answer i just want to play a little bit of devil's advocate here because um, there's been a lot of emphasis on first class 
um, as academic excellence, especially for applying for scholarships. Yeah, so we recently had one of us um, win a scholarship. So when I say one of us, I mean one of us at Medlab Convo just recently got, not recently, I think it's about how many months now. He recently got a scholarship in the U.S., a doctorate scholarship. So he's doing a PhD in the U.S. And he finished with a 2-2, right? Although when you ask him, he will tell you, yes, still, he will say some of the things that we said. Um, but he says that for him, he had to do a lot of extra extra work to supplement or to complement his lack of a very good grade, some sort. So I just wanted to draw us back a bit because I remember that when we defined the old scholarship thing, it was more about what you know than um, what your CGPA is, right? I don't know what you have to say about that. Let me ask because we have people who are getting scholarships, we have people who are getting some of these things even without having first class and some of them even without having a two-on per se. So what do you think? What do you think? What do you think about this? Okay, you know, when I was talking, I talked about pursuing knowledge and you can pursue knowledge without passion. So a good CGPA from someone that is passionless will take you nowhere. I have two of my students that had first class in 2017 or 2018. I can't really tell where they are now. And this Azolike Shalom that I talked about that is currently in the UK, they were six that had first class during their set, but I can't really tell the word about of the remaining five. So it goes beyond the CGPA and it has to match with a passion for excellence, a passion for setting pace. Apostle Joshua Sermon will talk about a mindset, like a world, a, be having a mindset that goes beyond your immediate environment. It is only when you have such a mindset that you can then begin to pursue extracurricular trainings online and all that, you know, in order to beef up with whatever you have graduated from. People that have to two are getting scholarship. People that have two one are getting scholarship. But there are people that make first class that are nowhere to be found. I'm sorry to use this instance, but we, we had two guys in my secondary school that were very, very good. The first guy from our GSS1, nobody took first class beyond the guy. He represented our school even in our SS3 in Olympiad and all the picnic competition he was winning. He went to Nigeria and he came back with second position in the entire Nigeria. But the second person in our school was just like under his shadow. But the guy has a passion and he has this world-winning mindset. And currently, that one is in Paris, while the one that was winning everything while we undergraduate, I'm sorry to use this word, but he's teaching in one secondary school in Anambra State because the father happens to be a principal and he helped him to secure that job when he graduated from Futo. Both of them graduated from Futo, but he just stayed in the job the father got for him while the other one started moving higher and higher. The last time we met Power Union, people were even talking about how can we help to either make him to get into lecturing in UNIZIC or UNA. So it goes beyond a good CGPA, but if you don't have that passion for excellence, you will not move higher in life. I think I'll end it this way. All right. So I think that addresses the question. 
So I want to, because we've talked about what academic excellence is and the benefits. So I want to ask, I'm asking everybody now, and I would like Council to go first. Off the top of your head, what would you say are the top three habits of academically excellent students? So Council, let's hear you. Okay, so you want to go by my personal experience and the pattern I have noticed. So we've agreed that people can be inherently intelligent, but then that's different from being academically excellent. So I feel the first thing is that anybody that pursues academic excellence should be somebody that likes to study, that likes to read, that likes to pursue knowledge. Yeah, that is thirsty for knowledge and ready to learn. Then the second habit I feel, or I think, is that anybody that pursues or, or wants to be academically excellent should learn how to manage his or her time properly. Because, of course, there are lots of activities, a lot of things that's already on your path as stumbling blocks. So you should be able to manage your time. And then the last thing I think that um, every academic excellence person have in common is that they are always ready to learn from anybody, whether junior, senior, or anybody. Yeah, that's what I think. Appreciate that. Emela Shinka, top three habits. Okay, so for me personally, um, it's kind of similar mm. to Kamsi's, um, Emela Kamsi's own. So my top three habits was, the first thing, stay curious. Um, I remember speaking at a symposium recently and I was like, stay curious. Don't limit yourself to what you're being taught. I don't know if that sounds proper, <laughs> especially because people like to just follow the handouts, read the AOC, read the, you know, read only what the lecturer gives you. But that's not something I did. I tried to stay curious. Okay, if the lecturer ends at A, I want to know at least why is he ending at A or things like that. So stay curious. Ask people around you, you know, find out from your senior. I found out from my seniors what they did that worked for them. Um, I also asked my juniors to ask everybody around me. So the pillar for me was to stay curious here. And the second thing, it may sound weird, but it's to have enough rest. My friends would tell anybody that <laughs> I don't joke with my sleep. I don't joke with my rest. A million and one things could be coming. But if I don't have that rest, I, I'm not sure I'll get myself the next day. <laughs> I'm not sure I'll be able to assimilate the next day. So, and I mean, it's just healthy to have rest. It's healthy to, you know, sleep, look the other way, or like be interested in other things, you know, just have the downtime. And the third thing is to put God first. It may sound a bit spiritual, but I never entered into any example without praying. And I figured that that worked for me. It was a pillar for me. And like moving forward, it was, it is still a pillar for me. So just put God first. Um, for Muslims, yeah, put God first still. Yeah, just have, you know, have faith, basically. Some people believe in themselves. If you don't believe in yourself, you're not going to achieve what you want to achieve, basically. But for me, my faith was in God every time, 100% every time. Yeah, that was, that's the three top habits for me. Mr. Charles, would you like to add to that? Yeah, I think uh, they have said it, uh, or, but I'll just pay more to that I have within me. I talked about hunger. I'll talk about drive. In, in undergraduates, I wouldn't want to sound too 
academically conscious, but if you ask any person that is my friend, there is no course in med lab that I do not have one or two textbooks for that particular course, even if I'm hungry, even if I'm going broke in school. In chemistry, I had T's and Martin Krug. In hematology, I have Hoff Brown and the one written by Professor Uke Jofo. In microbiology, I had Prescott and Lange, and it's just because of the drive. I go and read wide. I think uh, Yinka and Kamsi have mentioned those aspects. But the last aspect I also talk about is preparation. There are these five P's that kept me going in school, which is prior preparation prevents poor performance. No matter how intelligent you are, if you don't start preparing on time, you're not going to do anything. Immediately semester starts, I'll go and collect the course outline. And the first four weeks, I covered the course outline for myself. And the next four weeks, I had already started revising the outline. By the time the semester will be rounding off, I have already gotten myself grounded on the outline. Then when exam time to becomes out, I'll start preparing for exam. But for some students, when they see exam timetable, that's when they'll start reading all the things they've been taught throughout the entire semester. And before I go into a new section, like moving into 40, that vacation between third year and fourth year, I'll go and collect all the notes and material for fourth year for my immediate seniors. If you have a good way of doing a prior preparation, it prevents poor performance. And when it prevents poor performance, it grants you academic excellence. So that prior preparation was my key throughout my undergraduate. And uh, for anyone that is hoping or aiming for an academic or to become academically excellent, you need to learn to start preparing on time. And based on what uh, I think Ayinka or Kamsi said about uh, God factor, it was in my third year that I got that revelation for 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 6. says, Paul planted, Apollos watered, but it's God that brings the increase. So once I go into the hall and I'm done writing, I'll tell God I've already planted and watered. The increase comes from you, and I leave. And any exam hall I entered, and I felt that I can do it on my own. Those are some of the courses I came out with C's and B, in as much as I will do my best. And on that note, I'll give a testimony. Something happened to me in my fourth year. They released the course, and I had a B in that course. And I told my roommate I didn't have this course B. This course is an A. He said, but it's already a B. I went to the lecturer, the lecturer said I should get out of his office. That is, is B not good? What am I doing with A? A and B are the same thing. I just went and prayed. And that ends it. On one Saturday, my class rep called me and said, a lecturer asked you to come to the office. I went to the office. He said, he saw my grade. I had 60 over 75 in the essay. And just had six in my MCQ. He said, something is wrong. He went and searched the script of over 200 people that wrote that exam, what he has never done before. And that was when he saw my MCQ and found out that the people that marked it, marked it wrongly. And I supposed to have 17 over 25 in my MCQ wow. and not one. They gave me one over 25. He was even the one that made it six over 25. And he has collected it okay. and given me my A. So it actually goes a long way to explain wow. what one of us have talked about, the God factor. And that 
actually also explain what I talked about in terms of he is the only one that brings in the increase. I have marked student scripts and I know mistakes that can be done on student scripts. And even what I talked about, someone that had a first class and exams and records calculated it as 2-1. So it goes beyond just human efforts because the best of all, the best of all of us is still a human. So God factor also plays a role. Thank you, Thank you so much, Mr. Thank Charles, for that. Um, if you have listened up to this point, dear listener, you would agree that it's been a very enlightening conversation. Because of the importance of this discussion, however, we've decided to split it into two parts. The second part of this conversation will be uploaded. Please make sure you listen to that. For now, we'd pause here and don't forget to send us your inquiries, your questions, whatever comments you might have. Send it to us at medlabconvolabcast at gmail.com. And please follow us across all social media platforms. Finally, tell a friend to tell a friend to listen to our podcast. Thank you. Bye.